Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be, and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. After about 100 miles of hiking on the mountains to sea trail, Aaron and Lexi Harris had a question. We've been wondering how these trails get created, how they get maintained. Not whose idea was the trail. We already kind of covered that. But, like, who actually physically builds the trail? Luckily, Aaron and Lexi didn't have to wait too long for an answer. And then, lo and behold, we just bumped into, what, probably seven or eight, um... All little, little older men and women out with chainsaws and rakes and hoes and fixing up a part of the trail that had gotten a little washed out. The Harrises had run into volunteers from the Carolina Mountain Club in action. They'd haul all of their tools several miles into the woods to fix up a section of the MST. Now, that sort of thing happens all over the state. Folks with some time on their hands, getting outside, doing some digging and cutting and fixing. That part, I already knew. What I didn't really know was exactly who decides where the Mountains to Sea Trail goes. Like, who gets to say, you know what, it should go over this mountain and not that mountain. It should cross a stream here and not there. It should go to the left of this tree and not to the right. That sort of thing. So I looked around for a place that might help me understand trail building a little more, and I found everything I was looking for in a little town of about 4,000 people up in the foothills, Elkin, North Carolina, where the Mountains to Sea Trail literally runs down a sidewalk on Main Street. Aaron and Lexi had been through Elkin about two weeks before I got there, and people in town were still talking about it. So I understand that you met Aaron and Lexi yes. two weeks ago when they came in here? Two weeks or a week ago. Time goes by fast, yes. Some, sometime in the not-so-distant uh, past. Yes. This is Rich Woldridge, who owns the Barking Coyote Coffee Shop, and his shop is just a few feet from the sidewalk, which makes it just steps away from the MST. So it's an event when through hikers come through, it sounds like. Absolutely, absolutely. Word spreads pretty, you yeah, you know. <laughs> Aaron and Tom are here now. I mean, have they come in here yet? Have you seen them yet? Not yet. But you know they're here. Um, yeah, from talking. About an hour later, the door opens, and in they come. Hello, how are you? Yeah. You must be the through hikers. Yeah. Yes. Bicyclists yeah. are through. Yes. My name's Aaron. Rich. Rich, nice to meet you. I'm Thomas. Then the other townspeople start showing up. Hey, Helen. How, how are, are you? you? How are you? Good. <laughs> We have some through hikers here. Hey, oh, great! Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
If it starts lightning, find a safe shelter. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee's on us. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to send you off with some scones for maybe, well, you need them now. Yeah, and that would be. Simple carbs to get you going. Awesome. Why are so nice to us? Aaron and Thomas are spending a few days here in Elkin while they make the transition from hiking to biking. How do you feel now that the hiking portion is 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 done? Honestly, relieved. Yeah, um, yeah I think we we both kind of said that when we uh, came into Elkin. Is I think, in all honesty, we were both kind of you know relieved. It, it, it was tough hiking. I was you know my feet were sore um, pretty much until we walked into Elkin, so it never really like went away for me. So. Um, I, I think I will miss the mountains in terms of like the scenery and being in like the wilderness, but the bikes will be a welcome change for sure. From here, they're going to bike all the way to the coast. The trip's going well. She and Thomas have gone to cookouts with veterans. They've taken some zero days. That's code for a day spent without any hiking at all. They've explored Asheville and Boone, and now they're here. What's Elkin been like so far? Elkin is not what I expected it to be. I mean, I didn't really have high expectations of it, but um, Elkin is awesome. Uh, the whole community seems to rally around the trails and the trail culture. And uh, besides that, everyone's kind of just, one, known who we are and been nothing but welcoming to us. So it's been really, um, really nice. And um, You also get all the town stuff, like car alarms. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I know this is a tortured comparison, but Elkin is like Mayberry, if Mayberry had a steady stream of hikers coming through. It's a nice little small town in the foothills, friendly people, a main street that looks like a main street usually looks. There's an old playhouse, the Reeves Theater, some cute storefronts. But when you're here, even if you don't see any actual hikers, you know that you're in a trail town. There are trail stencils painted on the sidewalk, there are white dots on the lampposts, and there are trails all around. So many trails that Elkin has several Airbnbs available for folks who are just walking through. At first glance, Elkin is like any other little town around here, but somehow this place has become the place on the MST, where a thru-hiker's arrival is a cause for celebration. You know, they hosted an event for us at the brewery, and then we went to the Reeves and did open, or we didn't do open mic night, but we, uh, we listened to other folks do open mic night. All of this sort of hides the fact that a decade ago, Elkin was not like this. It was struggling, just like a lot of small towns. But things began to change when Elkin started to solve a problem that the Mountains to Sea Trail is facing all over the state. How exactly do you create new sections of trail and get the route off of the roads? Now the answer? Well, it involves a lot of talk, a lot of patience, a lot of help, and a lot of orange tape. And here in Elkin, they're finding out that if you build it, they will come. From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, Season 4, a trip across North Carolina on the Mountains to Sea Trail. I'm Jeremy Markovich. So to understand how Elkin became a trail town, you have to get out of town, into the woods, with two guys, Bob 
and Bill. Tree fell in the forest. That's a pretty big tree. Wow. That's a huge gap. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Glad we were here or it would have been unheard. Uh -huh. Bob Hillier is a trail builder. Bill Blackley is a trail booster. And Bill? Bill's a talker. For instance, we talk a lot about how a few years ago, Bill got a tick bite, and because of it, he now has this rare condition where he can't eat meat. But that's okay, because there are plenty of things you can eat in the woods. You know what Greenbrier is? That's it? You know, yeah, have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. You've seen it before on your land? Sawbriar. When it starts growing, this very end of it is like a salad. Huh. Now, Greenbrier, and this is just my opinion, is edible, but not really enjoyable. Yeah, it's solid. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So, Bob has another suggestion. You know what this is, don't you? press. Yeah. Good you know way. what they used to make out of it? Root beer. You know why? Yeah. It smells, like, it up? smells like root beer. Yeah. Yeah. Grow. Bunch of them. Getting better on my trees. There's one right there. There are a lot of different trees back here in these woods, along with a roaring stream known as Big Elkin Creek. It's kind of loud at times, which, my bad. When I went out into the woods with Bob and Bill back in 2018, I only had my iPhone to record with. Anyway, the one thing that this forest did not have back at that time was a trail through it. And so I came out here to watch Bob start to build one. Yeah, we're going to go straight through here, Bill. Right, right here, Bill. Put one on this. Bob has long pants on and boots and a roll of orange plastic on his belt. And as he figures out the path, he takes out a bit of the plastic and ties it to a tree. And they've got, real trail builders have a, uh, a system that always say the knot, the path is on the, on the side of the knot. Huh. So that if you put it on that, the path is going to be there. So you know which, yeah, which side of the tree, because you yeah. won't remember the next time you come out, maybe. Right. <laughs> Slowly, we make our way through the woods, moving along the slope, just trying to figure out the best way down to the creek. Going really by feel, mostly. No fancy equipment needed. The state trail building people have an inclinometer to show you the grade. Uh-huh. We got one, too. Oh, you do? Yeah. You, my, you, 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 can, you can eyeball it. Yeah, you can eyeball it. If you needed to know the yeah. exact number, you could. If you've walked enough trails, you can eyeball them. No. Yeah. So, for about an hour, we eyeball it. At one point, we come up to a really steep slope, too steep for a trail to run straight down. Now, Bob could put stairs in here, but... You know, in any national park or uh, whatever, they'll build these nice stairs going up, with, yeah. uh, either wood or rock stairs, and you'll see a, a run right next to them where people run down because yeah. they don't like stairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. People were just kind of like, I mean, they were all like, you get on the trails, like people were kind of just turned back into kids a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Bob ties two pieces of orange plastic onto the tree to mark where he wants a switchback on the trail. And then we walk through the woods again and again, over and over and over. And Bob will probably come back here and do that same thing a few more times, changing a knot here, moving some plastic there. He's trying to figure out the easiest path, the most natural way through the woods, one that's low maintenance, one that won't get washed out by rainstorms or worn away by hikers. This is going to get a lot of use. Yeah. A whole lot of use. Uh, we have Harris Fields Vineyard here. Uh -huh. You come down here, there is a trail goes out to, uh, there's another vineyard down there called Elkin Creek Vineyard. Uh -huh. If you go back out the way we were, uh, we've got Grassy Creek Vineyard, and then we have Adagio's Vineyard, and they're all be connected with this trail, or side trail. Yeah. 
and uh, so just people stumbling from one to the other one. Yeah. Uh, and we have to make it bike friendly, mm -hmm. and we're going to call it. Bob's came up with a name, the Camino Divina. Camino Divina. <laughs> now this trail is going to do more than just connect vineyards. It's helping to fill in what had been a pretty big trail-free gap in the Mountains to Sea Trail. I remember when I started and I looked, you know, I'd look at that part of the state on a map or visiting and I think, how on earth are we ever going to build a trail from Stone Mountain to, um, to Pilot Mountain State Park? And um, just the progress that they've made is incredible. That is Kate Dixon, the executive director of the Friends of the Mountains to Sea Trail. How many miles of trail are actual trail on the Mountains of Sea Trail right now? It's about 700. So 475 road and 700 on trail. Or And that's when I say trail, it could be the beach. It could be an unpaved forest road. Is the trail finished? It's finished in the sense that you can do it right now. Um, and it changes every year. Um, so you should do it again every year. <laughs> see, what, see what's new. Kate says one of the biggest questions she gets is the one I just asked. When is the trail going to be finished? Well, it depends on your definition of finished. So when Kate would go out and try to raise money to keep her organization running, she used to say that she needed the money to, quote, complete the trail. But now the language is different. The money is now used to improve the trail or to reroute the trail, to move it off of the roads. Because as Kate says, there are always going to be parts of the MST that are on the roadside. If 100% off-road is the definition of complete, it will never be. So the reason why the first part of the trail is actually trail is because a lot of the land in western North Carolina is public land. National parks, national forests, state parks, and the Blue Ridge Parkway. That's the reason that the trail is continuously connected in the, in the mountains, because there was that continuous public land. And in the Piedmont and the Coastal Plain, it there isn't that. So you, you really have to work with private landowners a lot more than you had to in the mountains. In short, the easy part was running the trail across those parks and national forests and other pieces of public land. And the trail has already been built across a lot of those places, which means the easy part of building it is done. Now, the hard part is running the trail across private land, where you have to convince each and every individual landowner to let you come in and run a trail across their property. Now, just think about how many individual parcels of land there are across the Piedmont, across the Sand Hills, across the Coastal Plain, and then just think about how much harder it is when you can't really offer people any money. You just have to get them to allow this trail on their land for free, for the public good. That is the hard part. The extremely hard, time-consuming, slow-moving, argument-making, gentle arm-twisting, and ear-bending part. And that, that is what's left. That is what stands in the way of new portions of the trail being added to the MST. What's left? All of it is the hard part. More than 400 miles of hard part. So, who in their right mind would take on those hard parts? 
Well, some folks in Elkin. How did Elkin become a trail town? They are a mystery of their own. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, they have this just incredible group of volunteers. This core group of people really came together on another issue. That issue was the thing that a lot of towns up in the foothills have been dealing with for the last few decades. When I was in Elkin, I bumped into a guy named John O'Connell who told me all about it. What was the thing that would brought would have brought you to Elkin back in, in the first place? They had a blanket. Chatham's manufacturing. They did blankets and upholstery for automobiles. and They made blankets for the Army forever. And then they had the Bassett Furniture Company. And they both employed lots of people. And they both left. They were big employers. Yeah. 4,000 people at the peak of Chatham's they'd have. And Bassett, I forget how many Bassett had. They had a bunch, too. And they, they left. What, what, I mean, when you got here afterward, I mean, like, kind of what was the psyche after those town, those, those companies had left? It was worrying some for a while. Almost everything on this downtown closed. A lot of small towns ended up in that same place. The factory closed, the jobs left, and the town was left to figure out, what's next? What would make people want to come back? Well, in Elkin, all of this started with some people trying to take advantage of what had been a missed opportunity. So if you go all the way back to the beginning of the Mountains to Sea Trail, back in the late 1970s, the original plans for the MST took it right through Elkin. But that plan never materialized, partially because at the time, there really wasn't anyone who wanted to volunteer to build a trail. So decades later, Bill Blackley and Bob Hillier created an organization to do just that, the Elkin Valley Trails Association. And then they started building trails. They turned an old Elkin and Allegheny railroad bed through town into a trail. Then they branched out and started building new bits of trails out in the hills around town. And after that, they called up Kate. Maybe it was like eight years ago or so when um, Bill Blackley called me and said, hey, you know, I just learned the Mountains of Sea Trail is supposed to go through um, Elkin, and I wanted to tell you what we were up to. And so they were already working some, but, but they... They were really only just getting started, but the amount that they've accomplished in that short time is unbelievable. And so in 2013, the Friends of the Mountains of Sea Trail said, okay, you know what? You guys are building so many trails that we will agree to reroute it right through town. We will literally put you on the map. You'd mentioned that the things are starting to come back. So, like, how are they coming back? Just things like the trails and stuff where people are just coming here and the theater and it's just made it. And people have realized how nice a little town it is. And it's now surviving without the big industry. And it really is. And it's it's pretty neat. But it's really, uh, really fun to see people from all over the state just fall in love with them. So we have just everybody wants to go to Elk and um, they've. From, from the hiker world, the trail world, they've become the epicenter of trails in North Carolina just because of all that energy. Making a trail takes an enormous amount of energy, and it's not just about walking through the woods or rounding up people with rakes and shovels and chainsaws. How hard is it to create a new section of trail? Um, the... Well, really challenging thing is um, getting permission to build the trail. 
permission to use the land. And near Elkin, there is one piece of land that's sort of been like the holy grail for Bob and Bill, a critical piece of the puzzle, one with a history that some people in town didn't even know. Coming up, the story of a cranky attorney, a hidden waterfall, and a trail that's the worst-kept secret in Elkin. That part of the story, when Away Message continues. This is where we're going to put a what parking that? lot. Parking lot, yeah. So, back to Bob and Bill. Earlier, we'd been hiking through the woods, planning out where a new section of trail should go. After that, we got back in the car and drove around to the other side of Big Elkham Creek to a section of trail that Bob and Bill and their volunteers had finished but wasn't technically open yet. And the commissioner called me Sunday. He says, we've got to get that parking lot built. I said, why that? He lives right down here. Yeah. He said, uh, there's about 10 to 15 cars on the road. <laughs> People already... So this is, like, oh, yeah. open already? Oh, yeah. Come on. Technically, yes and no. Uh, it's blazed, but it doesn't, doesn't connect anything yet? Or what's the... Well, we have... Elkin Valley Trails has a early entry permit. What we told the state is, we got to put a trail in there so people will go where we want them to go. Uh-huh. Uh, and not, you know, make their own trails. So basically, like once people know it's gonna, it's coming, there. and it's gonna go here, they want to get out here, and they won't wait for. Right. They're just gonna start hiking back. <laughs> now it turns out understanding how to build a good trail requires a good understanding of human nature, because people are just going to look for shortcuts, the path of least resistance, and so just because you put a trail in, doesn't mean that people will follow it. For instance. See, this is totally unsustainable. Uh huh. There's an old roadbed in the woods that's a more direct path up a hill than the trail that Bob and Bill put in. But it's also really steep. It feels a lot, uh, a lot more strenuous just because it's just up. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it? So this is, that cuts off a lot of time, but it's yeah. just you, you always can see make, how much difference that would be. Yeah. yeah. And it's you know people are using that anyway. How do you, is there a way to keep people, you could try to convince people not to use it, or is it just well, they're going to use threw, it? We threw stuff in the trail up there. There's a question on how hard you want to try to control where the people go. Yeah. You know, you can plant, before barbed wire came about, all the farmers used a plant called Osage Arm. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever seen any of It's got stickers that are like this one. Oh, man. And you can break off a, a limb stick it in the ground it'll grow huh. and they used to just plant rows of those and the cattle wouldn't go through them because uh-huh. the stickers you know we could do that huh. uh, or you know we can plant we can put uh, rocks big rocks uh-huh. but if it looks like a trail people will probably go on it and once people hear about a new path in the woods they take it. Now, sure enough, not far into our hike, we find trespassers. Well, they're not really trespassing. They're more like preemptive footpath enthusiasts. Hey, boys. Hey. How y'all doing? How's it going? Great. Have y'all been out here before? I have. I'll come out here and run. Oh, lovely. Okay. This is the first time you kids have been out here? What do y'all think? It's good. I like it. It's good. A few moments after we see some kids, we see 
some teachers. We're, we're scouting out uh, somewhere we take the kids for a field trip. Mountain to Sea's not coming through here. Right, right. So we'll go right across it that will. bridge, all the way right across that bridge, and all the way there. As we get hiking again, it dawns on me that these are not just woods. There used to be something back here. The through line was made out of wood, uh-huh. like wood barrels with loops. As we get closer to the creek, Bob and Bill start talking about an old dam and the remains of an old water flume. Closing the wood. These are the rings. Yeah. Got it. Behind you, look here. Yeah. What's this metal here? It's just, uh, That's just trash. <laughs> it's trash. The dam is gone, but a long time ago, there used to be a hydroelectric power plant out here. The water from this creek powered the whole town of Elkin at one point. But later, Duke Power wired the town to some other power plants and didn't need this dam anymore, so they tore it down. And more than 30 years ago, sold the land to a guy named Dan Park. But there was something else back here in the woods, something that over 30 years, most people in Elkin kind of forgot about. A waterfall named Carter Falls. And I don't really think Dan, the guy that owned this property, he knew about this, and he'd walked down to the side, but he really just enjoyed the river down there. Yeah. He, he's, I think his father's ashes were put on the top of it. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what he told me. He said he put somebody's ashes, and I assume it would be his father's. Wow. And Dan is a good story because he grew up relatively poor. Uh-huh and uh, somehow got a scholarship to Duke. And while he was there, he didn't have any money, so he started a sandwich business and sold sandwiches while he was <laughs> going to school at Duke, you know, which is a little yeah. toity you know, Yeah. You know, yeah, probably look, got looked down on a little bit. But he ended up being a, lo- a really, really good attorney. He's been here, came back home, we practiced here. And you didn't go to Duke, did you? No, my wife, my, my wife went to UNC, so. <laughs> oh, good. Like, like normal people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It turns out that Dan Park is still around. A little later in the day, we went to go see him, and that's when I got the rest of the story. I didn't record this part. Again, it was a while ago. I didn't have my regular recorder, da-da-da-da-da. But I can tell you that Dan is an interesting guy. First of all, when we all met in his wood-paneled office in downtown Elkin, he made a point to remind me that his last name is Park, not Parks. To help people remember that, he named his sons, not joking here, Lark, Mark, and Clark. He had a tropical fish named Shark, used to have a dog named Bark. Anyway, he's in his mid-80s now, but he's still sharp. At one point, Bill was telling me about how all of the trails in town wouldn't have come to be without Dan's help. And Dan, upon hearing this, responded with one word, and this is a direct quote here, bull. We all got a good laugh out of that. So Dan had just been holding on to the land, never really planned to do anything with it. But still, it was his land. He didn't really want to sell it. And besides, Bob and Bill didn't have the money to buy any land. To get any bit of trail built, they just had to ask people for permission to run a trail across their property and then get an easement. They had to just, you know, ask really, really nicely. And no matter how nicely Bob and Bill would ask, every time Dan would say no. And then in his mid-80s, he had a change of heart. I want to recognize Dan Park. 
This is from a Wilkes County Commission meeting back in 2016. Dan is sitting in the back of the room, and he gets up and says, This land has always been mine, but after I'm gone, maybe other people should get to enjoy it like I have. And my motives here are purely selfish. I'm 82 years old, and I think it deserves to be used by other people other than myself and my family. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's all he said. So rather than sell this pristine piece of land with a gorgeous waterfall on it to developers, he sold it to the state. And after years of asking and waiting, Bob and Bill got to build their trail. And they have big plans for this place. They, they probably grubbed this out in a day, didn't they, Bob? This, this oh, part. Oh, yeah. Back out in the woods, we follow the trail along the side of Big Elkin Creek. And from up high, we can see a drop off ahead. Bill points toward the bottom. And we're getting ready. We're working towards putting a bridge from right here all the way across to the other side. Okay. Yeah. High suspension bridge. Yeah. It'll be called the Bridge of Dreams, and they're still trying to raise money to build it. The trail will run right across it once it's finished, right in front of Carter Falls. For now, though, we follow the path to its current ending, step out from the woods and onto a sandy bank. So nobody knew this was back here. or I mean, I mean, People knew it was back here, and you couldn't ever get to it. it was just... Yeah, right. It's a 60-foot-tall, smooth, rocky, cascading waterfall, like a water slide, kind of. And for a moment, we stand and just stare at it. And for the first time all day, nobody has anything to say. On our way back up, we stop for a second above the falls, and Bob and Bill show me where they're planning to put in a bench. And we're going to clear out here a bit, uh-huh. so you can see falls all the way that way. And you look over the beginning of the drop from here, uh-huh. and we've got a uh, a young man died last year under bad circumstances, but his mother and his significant other want to put in a uh, like a peace station here mm-hmm. because he was really an outdoors guy. But yeah. Earlier in the day, Bob told me the story about his father, John Hillier. Now, his father loved to cut new trails up in the woods near Asheville and ended up writing a book about the early history of the MST. And there was this one time when John asked a woman to run a trail across her property, down by a creek. And he told her, it had really been a lot. This is the best place for a trail to go. But the woman said, no. She'd scattered her late husband's ashes in that spot. And she wanted that place to remain sacred. So John thought for a moment. And then he said, what if I installed a bench in that spot? A memorial to your husband. It would honor his memory. And it would give hikers a moment to stop and rest and see his name and think about him for a bit. The woman loved the idea. And the path and the bench went in. Building a trail isn't about finding a path through the woods. It's about talking with people, making them feel better, and making everyone comfortable with finding a way forward. We have to keep reminding ourselves it's just a simple path in the woods.
A Wade Message is a production of Our State Magazine, celebrating North Carolina for more than 85 years. Head to OurState.com, click on subscribe, and use the promo code AWAY to get $5 off a year's subscription. It is our thank you for listening to the show. This episode was produced by me and James Michkowski. Our intern is McKenna Smith. Our website is OurState.com slash podcast. If you like the show, please give us a good rating or review and tell a friend. And if you, you know, want to just talk to me for any reason at all, the email address is podcast at ourstate.com. And coming up next time on Away Message, when the trail disappears, there's a long road ahead if you're trying to cross North Carolina. As you can probably hear, we're also doing a good bit of road walking right now. We're in segment 11. We're biking. Biking is just full of ups and downs. <laughs> Let me tell you, today was hot. So hot in here. What it's like to be a biker and a hiker, making your way through a world built for cars. I'm Jeremy Markovich. We'll see you with that episode in two weeks.